Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to the CMI School of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue with our class, The Great Mercy of God. And uh, we're back. <laughs> we're back, and we're we're taking a little pause on some things in, in our uh, preparations for the for our June conference, the summer June conference. So as you can tell, it's pretty quiet right now <laughs> during my uh, last week, during my Berea class, you could hear a bunch of hammering going on and just a bunch of construction type sounds going on and moving stuff around going on. <clears throat> but we're kind of taking a little break right now where uh, we're having to pick up some sealer stuff, but uh, which we'll be p- picking up tomorrow. Uh, all in preparation uh, for those who will be coming. And just uh, once again, I'll make mention of that. Uh, our summer Bible conference, CMI Summer Bible Conference is coming up. It is the 22nd through the 26th. And we will be broadcasting it live. But as uh, everyone knows, and uh, the, the ministers... Uh, who wrote the epistles and everything, it's, it's always a better deal to see a person face to face. And that is true. <clears throat> uh, but just, you know, if you can make it, that'd be great. And if not, then the next best thing would be uh, just catching the broadcasts or catching the uh, archived sessions on our website. And our website should be right there before you. If you need any information, once again, it's on our website. And I think the way you get to it was um, was under fellowship information and then upcoming conferences. So that's that announcement. Another announcement, I want to say thank you once again to all those, uh, something completely different, well, not really, but different. Uh, I've been mentioning it several times and uh, uh, on and off. And I just finished placing an order this past weekend. Forgive me, I can't remember what exact date it was when I, when I placed the order. But um, the Berea uh, Bible School in Mexico, uh, Monterey, Mexico, they are they are celebrating 50 years, their 50 year anniversary. And um, and I I teach uh, weekly classes. Uh, a weekly class with the students down there, and I, I actually teach the class uh, for all the students. What I mean by that is the first year, second year, and third year students. A requirement uh, for my class is for them to read the T. Austin Sparks, The School of Christ. And uh, so anyway, we're going to be going down there <clears throat> this July uh, in celebration of their 50th year anniversary and what they've been doing. I've been talking to the director, Pablo, and uh, they've been sending out emails and, and regular mail to try to get as many, if not all, previous past graduates from, from the very beginning, from the inception of the Bible school down there, to be able to come to this particular anniversary time. And uh, so what's been on my heart uh, for a couple of years has been to provide not only the equipping of the saints, 
with this gospel, the eternal gospel, not only not only the equipping of the saints with this gospel, but also to provide the tools to come to the purpose for which God created the soul in the first place. What I mean by that is, um, for I, I, I can't remember how many years, two, three, four, five, somewhere in there, I've been uh, purchasing uh, Spanish Strong's Bible concordances uh, out of my own pocket for my part-time job and um, to give as a gift to the graduates. Uh, The economy in Mexico isn't that great. On top of that, uh, I can purchase a Strong's Concordance here in the States for about $30. In Mexico, it'll range anywhere from $89 to $119. And that is a fact. If you go into a bookstore down there or if you see their online stores in Mexico, that's what they range for. <clears throat> so I, I, don't, I don't just want to declare unto them the purpose for which their soul exists. I also want to give them the tools, listen to me, so that they can, by the Holy Spirit being their teacher, discover the purpose for which their soul exists in the face of Jesus Christ. You see what I mean? Uh, I'll just give an example. One thing is to give uh, bread to one who's hungry. Or actually, I won't use that, I won't use that example. Here's, you've, you've all probably heard this example. One thing is to give a man a fish. Another thing is to give him a fishing pole. With one, you've helped him for a for a short moment, for a short time, for another, you've helped them the rest of his natural existence. And see, that's that's kind of what what I mean by uh, not only equipping the saints with a purpose for which their soul exists, that the Spirit of the Lord may bring them unto that end, unto that end, unto the appearing of Christ, but also giving the necessary tools, just giving basic tools so that the Holy Spirit can use to work for His end. The appearing of Christ. See? So anyway, all that just to say, uh, I've sent out an email, I think it was last month or the month before, and many of you have responded, and I thank you so much. Uh, I don't want to start naming names because uh, then others will say, well, I want to you know, be named as well. No, that's, that, that would be a, a wrong motive to do such a thing. But I'll just mention it right now and hopefully we'll get my email or my, hopefully my email right now is being shown somewhere on the screen. We weren't able to get it on the last classes. Hopefully it is somewhere on this class. But, um, but if you'd like to help out... Um, with that. And like I said, uh, I've been providing strong concordances for the students who've been graduating, but this particular year, this particular time, will be to provide strong concordances for those past graduates who may not have a strong concordance. Now, for those who have a computer, I will be providing. A, uh, a free Bible software uh, 
disc, DVD, CD to hand to them so they can use. Now, of course, if you have a computer, the way to go is the is the computer version because you not only get the strongest concordance, you get a, a myriad of dictionaries, a myriad of commentaries, and just books and translations, et cetera, et cetera, all for free. So that's definitely the way to go. But for those who don't even have a computer, can't even afford a computer or anything like that, and can't even afford a Strong's Bible concordance, that's what we would like to take down. And that's um, that's where we're at. I've, I've, I've placed two orders so far. I placed an order out of my own pocket, uh, which will be covering the remainder of for the students who are graduating uh, this particular year, third-year students. I, out of my own pocket, I provided for those. And a couple of strong concordances for the pastors who may come who have need. And um, so if you'd like to help out uh, in just pur- purchasing a, some Spanish strong concordance, you can do, uh, you can just get in contact with me. Shoot me an email. I'll be shooting another email out, Lord willing, sometime this week. Uh, I, I need to get all the orders in just because of time. Uh, it's coming up quick. The <clears throat> the 50-year anniversary is in in July, uh, the 23rd through the 24th of July. But the thing is, I need to place an order to where they come in before then. So before we leave to go. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five weeks. So I need a, I need a buffer time to make sure that they come in in time, that I look them over, that they're good to go, uh, all that stuff. But anyway, if you'd like to help out in that, if the Lord puts that on your heart to help out in that way, then uh, just contact me. Um, like I said, hopefully my email is somewhere <laughs> on this screen. And if not, uh, you can go to our website and just send an email to whatever email address we have on our website. Uh, I know that there's something there. My email address is crosseyedned at gmail.com. Uh, I say it's pretty simple because I've, I've been using it for a while. But uh, like I said, hopefully it's somewhere on the screen right now. And uh, if not, once again, it's crosseyedned at gmail.com. You can send me an email if you'd like to help out with that. So, there you go. There's my announcements. And uh, I would like to just go ahead and continue with our class. And <clears throat> I had a class earlier with uh, with Berea, with the students down there. And, uh, I mean, I've got notes, brothers and sisters. I mean, just just like you all. You all probably jot down your own notes when you take of the scriptures and when you search the scriptures and when you study the scriptures. And uh, I was just trying to communicate my heart to them, which is uh, really the best thing to do. We never want to communicate a message. Uh, I personally do not want to communicate a message or a teaching. I want to communicate as best I can the eternal expectation for which God created the soul. The eternal expectation. The divine expectation. I want to be able, as best as I can, communicate that. So that, in that testimony, in our hearts may be birthed 
an expectation to behold the substance, to behold Christ, the Son of the living God. That we may come, I think I titled it the last class, to the realization of the eternal expectation. Not only knowing that God has a purpose, not only knowing that, oh, well, yeah, I've heard it and I've studied it out, and yes, I agree with it, that that is the purpose for which God created the soul. No. See, in, in Haran, we can agree with a message. In Haran, we can agree with a teaching. In Haran, we can agree with a sermon. In Haran, we can agree with a study. But in, our, but in Haran, our hearts are still ignorant of the one who is present. And see, the issue with God is not whether we believe a message. It's not whether we believe a teaching. It's not whether we believe a preaching or a sermon or a theology. The issue with God is whether we have seen His Son or not. Because If we have not seen His Son, then our hearts have yet to come in understanding unto where the Spirit of the Lord has brought our soul in reality. Remember Haran? Once again, Haran. When Abram dwelt in Haran, what governed the heart of Abram was still what governed before the God of glory appeared. Remember? In Ur, they worshipped the moon god. In Haran, they worshipped the same moon god. Listen, the same understanding governed them. And that understanding was the understanding of man. A light that it is no light at all. The moon. A light that is no light at all. And it governs in darkness. Well, the light that is Christ governs in the day. And specifically, it is this, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Remember our last class, Psalm uh, 89, I think it was like verse 14. Forgive me, I want to try to pull it up real quick. Let's see. Psalm 89, verse 14. Yeah. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before Thy face. See, mercy and truth go before, preparing the way. Preparing the ground of the heart. Preparing the ground of the soul. For the face. Of the Son of the living God. That is the whole issue of eternity. The whole divine issue. The whole issue with God is basically this. Have you or have you not seen my son? If you have not seen my son, 
you must see my son. Jesus, uh, talking to Nicodemus, he said this, No man can see the kingdom of God except he be born again. So he was, he was declaring that there's a reason for new birth. And that reason is see the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God isn't a thing being made manifest or a thing going on or miracle signs and wonders. No, no. The kingdom of God, because that term is found in the scriptures, is Christ himself. Jesus said, they are they that testify of me. The whole issue, the whole issue of, of the universe is whether we have seen him or not is whether we have seen the face of the Son of the living God. And the only way we see Him is if God the Father has revealed Him in our heart. The only way God the Father can reveal Him in our heart is if our heart has turned to see Him. The only way our heart can turn to see Him is if the Spirit of the Lord has prepared the ground of our heart to bear His appearing. You see, everything works unto this one end. One, 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 one end. The appearing of Christ. <clears throat> All right? Now, uh, I was saying something and I just kind of lost track. So then, let me, let me, try, to, let me try to backtrack here with my thoughts, with, with, with the thoughts right now that I have. Uh, yeah. Still in Haran, believing the message, believing the teaching, believing this, believing that, and yet the Lord comes and declares to, to Abram. Now, he doesn't appear. We know that. The Scriptures do not say the Lord appeared unto Abram while he was in Haran. No, that doesn't happen. But he declares the same purpose. See, God did change his mind. He does not change his mind. He declares the end from the beginning. Out unto, come unto a land I will show thee. And the land that he shows is the land that is full of his glory. The land wherein his son dwells. He doesn't change his mind in Haran. See, though man can come short, God doesn't. So once again, the Lord declares the very exact same thing. Get out of... Uh, Get out from thy thy kindred, from thy thy land, thy kindred, and then he adds from thy father's house, where you are abiding, an abode, a house, an abode, where you abide, where you are abiding, unto a land I will show thee. And then finally, we know Abram, by the spirit of the Lord, is obedient unto the voice, and his heart turns. He comes. And when his heart turns to the Lord, the Lord appears. And that is it. That is the issue of all eternity. First, whether or not you have seen the face of the Son of the living God. And then, whether you are continuing to see the face of the Son of the living God. And I love it. I love it. It, it. it doesn't say of Abram, and, and our whole, you know, the theme of the class, you know, is the great mercy of God. But we've been seeing the mercy of God 
in the journey of Abram. And all the journey was, was a journey of discovering the one who is present in the land. That's really what it is. You know, in, 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 an, in a, how shall I say it? In one way you can look at it. Because we, we, we have this thought of like journey. That means I have to go from one location to another. Ah, just like Abraham, he went from one location to another, right? He physically got up and moved. No, no. Well, the way we've been looking at it, and we, we've covered this in previous classes, was basically this. The journey is simply this. The heart turning unto the Lord. It is discovering the one who is present. Is it, a, it is a continual discovering of the one who is present. Because the issue is always the same. Whether we have seen the face of the Son of the living God or whether we are continuing or and, and if we are continuing to see the face of the Son of the living God. And I love it with the example of Abram. You know, Lord appears to Abram in Shechem, Shechem, Shechem. And then that's not the first, that's not the only time he appears. The same Lord continues to appear. And in essence, it is the same vision, but listen, being magnified in the heart of Abram. And as he continues in the opinion of the Lord, that is what governs his heart. I mean, I think it was like uh, two or three classes ago we were just looking at that. Abraham, or Abram at the time, he's, he's here, uh, Genesis 15, and he's now speaking to the Lord concerning the seed. See, what's governing Abram now at this time is a father, a son, and an inheritance. What about the son? Remember? What good is all your blessing? What good are all your gifts apart from your son, apart from the son, to Abram, no, no good at all. See, and that is it. Abram continued in the divine expectation, and he not only continued in the divine expectation, but he realized that expectation during his lifetime, during his natural lifetime. Now, yes, I know in Hebrews it was from afar, from without, from afar. But the principle is there, brother and sister, and the principle remains for us the same. We are to, just as Abraham, continue in the divine expectation and in the realization of the divine expectation. Okay, well, what does that mean? Those are pretty big words. What does it mean? Basically, we are to continue in the appearing of Christ. We are to continue in the discovering of the one who is present that fills the land. See, these, these three appearings right here, it's all just one appearing really, at, at different times when Abram's heart turns to the Lord. But it just represents a continuing a continuing, because really, what it should what what should eventually happen with our with our you know whole map here, is that this whole land should just be I think this color is red on the screen I'm not sure should just be that color, where we just continue beholding the face of Jesus Christ, 
where we just continue with the expectation governing our heart of beholding the face of Jesus Christ from day to day to day to day. The evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. Jesus declaring to Saul of Tarsus, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to constitute thee a minister and a witness of this, thy seeing me and thy seeing me hereafter. Walking in faith. This, this is, listen, walking, walking. It, it implies continuing, continuing. It's not just stagnant, remember? This was not the sole and only time the Lord appeared. No, Abram continued obedient. Yes, and I know, he went down to Egypt after the Lord appeared. Yes, he did. That's, that, that, is, that, is, <clears throat> that is the strength of man. That is the wisdom of man. That is the ignorance that still governs man. But the wisdom of God, the divine providence of God, is bringing Abram and every soul back unto purpose, back unto obedience and continuing in the purpose for which God created the soul in the first place. Unto a land I will show thee, and the land that he shows is the land that is filled with his glory. And I, uh, <clears throat> I, I made a comment to the, to the Bible school students earlier, and it's just because this, this is just really on my heart. It's, it's not a matter of whether we understand this once again or not, whether we can teach this once again or not. I'll just, I'll just give you an example. I went to Bible school and uh, I kept on, for three years, I kept on hearing about this revelation of Jesus Christ and this revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, by the third year, I'll say this, by the third year, uh, I naturally understood what they were saying. Why? Because I could naturally search it out in the scriptures and see it in the scriptures and develop notes, develop teachings, and then declare that all the while ignorant of the one who is present. And see, I've said this time and time again, even in Bible conferences, see, we, we, here's the truth. To see Christ in the scriptures is a miracle of God. It requires the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to be able to see, even see Christ in the scriptures, in the testimony. But that is not the end, brother and sister. That beholding of Christ in the testimony serves a purpose. And that purpose is preparing the ground of our heart the ground of our soul, that we may in our heart, in understanding, come unto the understanding of God, the end of God, the purpose for which God created the soul in the first place, the appearing of Christ. But now it is as the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that fills the land, but very exclusively in the face of Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. 
So, by the third year, and I stayed there at the Bible school after I graduated, I don't know how many years. Um, by the third year, I could, all, I could already share it. I, listen, I could share the message having not seen the person, having believed I'd seen him because I saw him in the Scripture, in the testimony. But remember what I said uh, earlier about the conference? You know, for those of you who can't make it, you know, we're, we're broadcasting the conference live. But something that's greater than viewing something over the internet by whatever means is a literal face-to-face encounter. That is the greater, brother and sister. That is the greater. Because during that time, and I'm speaking of myself, during that time, God could care less about what my carnal mind, my natural mind understood of the Scriptures. Even if they were true concepts, even if they were true thoughts according to the Scriptures, it's still not the mind of Christ. It is still, listen to this, it is still a blind mind, or excuse me, a blind man declaring what one who has seen has declared. It's like this. All the writers, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, declared what they were beholding in the face of Jesus Christ. They were declaring a man. They were declaring a person. Remember John 5.39? Remember, they are they that testify of me. All the writers declared a person. Now, if I have not seen that person... Then, I'm, then I am like a blind interpreter trying to declare what another man has seen. And it is impossible. You can't. You can't. But I praise God that He's faithful. I thank the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit continues even during my time of ignorance. And once again, I say that. I say it. I say it. Yes. God does not care what we understand of the message. Listen, of the message. God does not care what we understand of the teaching, of the theology. He doesn't care. The issue with God the Father is whether you have seen Christ, the Son of the living God, or not. And if you have seen Him, which is only a miracle of God, which is only in the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God, then the issue from that point onward, is whether you will continue to see Him or whether you are continuing to see Him or not. He doesn't care about how we act, what we think. No, brother and sister, all that's based on what we behold. See, all those are the results of. If I have my heart turned to the natural man, then the natural results are Everything that's not Christ. That's just naturally. That's that's just by nature. But if by the tender mercy and ever abounding grace of God, my heart has come by the work of the Holy Spirit to turn to see the face of Christ, then listen, 
I am beholding and therefore knowing the one who is present. And the judgment that governs my heart, like it governed the, the heart of all those of the scripture, specifically, I'll just use specifically the Apostle Paul because we look at him a lot. The judgment that governed his heart was simply this. It is not I, but Christ who liveth. It is not I, but Christ. This reality, the eternal change, the eternal change comes at the moment of new birth. Now, salvation came at the cross. But for those who are not born again, they must come to the beginning. Once you've come by the Spirit of God, by the mercy, by the tender mercy and ever-bounding grace of God, the Spirit of the Lord working in your heart, preparing the ground of your heart to turn unto Jesus, unto the Lord, come unto Jesus, then at that moment of new birth, you have entered, or your soul has entered, into the eternal change. That change is not I, but Christ the Son of the living God who is now present. From that moment onward, it is to be a continual discovery of the One who is present. That's it. That's it. But how can you discover, listen to the word I'm using, discover. How can you discover the One who is present if the Father does not reveal Him? You cannot. No man knoweth the Father except the Son, and no man knoweth the Father, excuse me, no man knoweth the Son except the Father, and no man knoweth the Father except the Son, and he to whom he will reveal him. If God the Father does not reveal the Son, we do not know him. Thus, our hearts continue in a state of ignorance. And see, that's, that's the whole issue. That's the whole issue, and, and I know. I would get upset with it. You, you guys probably get upset with it when I say this. But that's the whole issue. That's the whole issue. Any situation, any problem is there because there is ignorance of the one who is present. That's it. That's it. I mean, I would... I would I'll give you an example. <clears throat> Before I went to Bible school, I literally lived a Romans 7... I experienced Romans 7 in my heart even before I knew what Romans 7 was. Why? Because I knew I was born again to some degree. I knew that everything had changed to some degree. I just didn't know the change because I didn't know Christ who is the change. But I was trying, I thinking, that was my life thinking what I was before I was born again was my life. I was trying to be more like Jesus. I was, listen, I was trying to please God. Completely ignorant of the only one who pleases the Father. Listen to this. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Now, hear Him. And what does the Son of the living God have to say? 
I am. See, that, that, that is offensive to the man who is trying to please God. See, Jesus declares, I am the good pleasure of the Father. God is pleased with me and me alone. No, we want God to be, be pleased with us as well. No, He's already pleased with His Son. He is satisfied with His Son. Those of us who are born again, the issue once again, the issue once again, we're just completely ignorant of the Son who is present. Therefore, listen, therefore, we are not satisfied. But God is satisfied. He's at rest. But we're not at, we are not at rest. Why? Because we have not entered into His rest. Our hearts have not come in understanding unto His understanding. And His understanding is that His Son is the one who's present, filling the land. But we won't admit that. No, we won't admit that. We won't admit that. I remember, <laughs> and for those of you who knew me when I was in Bible school, we were there, oh, I would get so upset. I, would, I really would. Forgive me that, that, I, that I share these things, but I share them just to make a point. Please understand, that's the only reason why I share these things. But I would get so upset. And my, my thoughts were like this. Why don't they let me speak? Why don't they let me teach classes? Why don't they let me teach on Sunday? Why don't they let me share? I know the message. I can teach the message. I can run circles around the others. Listen to that. Gosh, what arrogance. Listen, what complete ignorance. But I would get so upset with that in my ignorance. And yet the Holy Spirit remained faithful to continue preparing the ground of my heart, the ground of my soul, throughout that whole entire time. And He continues faithful to this day. And He will continue faithful throughout all eternity, preparing the ground of my heart, the ground of my soul, for the appearing of the Son of the living God. I, at some point, I felt like the Lord uh, wanted me to move from the Bible school. It was the mind of the Lord. And I moved over here to Arkansas. And then I heard all over again. And this time it was to a, a greater degree, I would say, a more pinpointedness. And I, in my own mind, I compared it to like going to college for bachelors versus uh, going to college for like a master's or a, or a doctorate. You get more specific in the field, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know how many years I was here. Uh, four years, maybe? Four years. And still frustrated. Hearing, listen, hearing the message that I could also teach. Hearing the message that I could also preach and declare and yet completely ignorant of the one who is present. And at that time, whether everybody else cared or not, God didn't care 
about what message I knew. God didn't care about what teaching I could convey. God didn't care about my theology. All He cared about was whether I had seen His Son or not. To the extent that the Holy Spirit continued preparing the ground of my heart for the appearing of Christ. I just continued ignorant. In my mind, I'd seen the Lord. But nothing of reality governed. And please understand, please listen. Reality governing our hearts, the mind of Christ governing governing our hearts is not the goal. That is the results of coming to the goal. Coming to the purpose for which God created the soul. The appearing of His Son. That's it. Everything else is automatic. Listen, listen to this order. <clears throat> but this is, this is the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, who called me, like God called our father Abraham, called me by His grace, yes. for what end, for what purpose? To reveal His Son in me. The land that I will show you, the land that God shows is the land that is full of His glory. The results of that? I preach Him. I declare the One who's present. Now, more results? The judgment now governs the heart. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, life. It's not I live. You can search it out in the original uh, interlinear. I, that I is not present. Nevertheless, life is present. And yet, I am not the life. Christ is the life in me. Remember when, when, when the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, he heard the voice that spake with him? He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He heard the voice that spake with him. He turned to see the voice. And when I saw him, my concept of what I believed to be my life fell at his feet as dead. But it only happened when I saw him. When I saw him, the results were that my concepts fell at his feet as dead. And it says, then he laid his hand upon me and he declares, I am the life. I am. It is a, it is a continual discovery of the I am who is present. It is so simple, brother and sister. It is so simple. It is so simple. And see, our natural mind makes it all complex. With man, it is many, many, multitude, many complexities. With God, it is very simple in this respect. It is one, the simplicity of Christ. One, Him. And if I say this, everyone's going to agree, it's all about Jesus. And it will, we will all agree, yes, 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 it's all about Jesus. But then we still have these thoughts Okay, yeah, but what about what about this? Or what about this other thing? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, what about this? Does the Scripture ever say, consider yourself? Right? Or does not the Scripture say, consider Jesus? Consider Him. That is the issue throughout all eternity. Whether we have seen the Son of the living God or not. And if we have seen Him, are we continuing to see the Son of the living God or not? It's a tough time, the time that we're ignorant of the one who's present, brother and sister. It's a tough time. I'm not going to say that it is not. It is. It is. It is. Until the day dawn, the Apostle Peter said it, the day dawn in your hearts, let me, let me just read that scripture. If not, I'll misquote it. And this is uh, the Apostle Peter. Uh, he was basically talking about when Christ was revealed of the Father to them. When, he, when God the Father revealed His glory to them, they were not yet born again. So it was still on the outside from afar. Though the new covenant was present, um, he says that very exact same thing basically has to, how, has to happen now in the heart of all of us who are born again. I'll read it right here. It's Second uh, Peter <clears throat> chapter 1, starting with verse uh, 17. Or actually, let me look, let me look. Uh, I'll just start with with verse 15. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Basically, after I put off my earthly tent so that you just have all this in remembrance. Verse 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, We did not follow cunningly devised fables. All that is for man. We didn't follow that, any of that. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom... I am well pleased. And what does that mean, brother and sister? God the Father finds His pleasure in no other. Verse 18, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with Him in the holy mount. Alright, he says that very same thing that went on there. Verse 19, 
we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto, here you go, here you go. Now, for, for us who are born again, for us whom Christ is present in the midst of our soul, filling our soul with himself. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Paul said it this way, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Until God the Father, a more sure expectation, a more sure word of prophecy. Why? Because at that point it was from afar, from without. Now it's more sure. Why is it more sure? Because He's present. He is now, if, if we are born again, He is in you. He is in the soul. He fills the soul. That's why it's more, more sure. He's present. Once again, we're just ignorant of the one who's present. And it always, it always stays like that. It always remains the same like that. If there's an issue, if there's a problem we have, whatever it may be, it's just out of ignorance of the one who's present. That's it. But see, the eternal mind, the eternal mind of Christ, the mind of God, which Paul conveyed, was simply this. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant of the one who's present. Therefore, he prayed that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In what? In the knowledge of him who is present. He also said it in another place. Do you not know that Christ is in you? Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? But we do not know. But God desires that we would know. That we would know. That we no longer be ignorant of the one who's present. And the goal, listen, the goal is not to no longer be ignorant. The goal is to behold the one who is present. Remember? We can't reverse things. We, we can't change the order. The revealing of the Son of God is not a means to some end. No. The revealing of the Son of God is the end. And the means is the testimony preparing the ground of our heart unto such an appearing, unto such an expected end. The means is once again, Psalm 89, the mercy and truth of God going before, preparing the ground of our heart for the face of the Son of the living God. There you have the means and there you have the expected end. The eternal expectation and the realization of that eternal expectation. And we can't put it off. No, we, we cannot put it off. We can't say, oh, well, that's, you know, someday. Or, 
you know, whenever, or, you know, when I die, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, whatever thoughts govern our mind, whatever beliefs govern our mind, we can't put that off. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said this, Abraham, your father Abraham, speaking to the Jews who believed in him, yeah, he spoke this to those who believed in him. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced in that he would see my day. Basically, you can read it in the commentators and it's, it declares it that he would see me. Your father Abraham rejoiced in that he would see me. And he saw me. And was glad. Do you see? Abraham lived in the divine expectation and realization in his lifetime, though it was from afar, from without, the principle is there. For us, brother and sister, it's not a principle. We are to live in the reality of the divine expectation and realization of the one who is present. Just the same. <clears throat> Listen to this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let's look at the verse. Here we go once again looking for another verse. Whoops. I misspelled impossible. This is uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is the reward of God? Genesis 15, 1. Fear not, Abraham, or at that time, Abram. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. Thy exceedingly great reward. What is his reward? Allowing us to behold the one who's present. The eternal treasure of heaven, the eternal value of heaven found in one man, in one person the Son of the living God. It is all the same. And it will not change whether we believe it or not, whether we agree with it or not. God doesn't care. The issue, once again, is whether we have seen His Son and if we have seen His Son, whether we are continuing to see His Son. And see, I love it the way the Lord told Abram. You know, once Lot, Lot was separated from him, it says, after these things, the Lord appeared to Abram and basically said this, Now, Abram, lift up your eyes, northward, southward, eastward, westward. Walk, walk through the land. Walk. And what do we think it is that Abraham will discover as he walks the length the breadth, the width, the height. He'll discover exactly what the Apostle Paul discovered. 
the treasures of the riches of Christ. The treasures of the riches of a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, that is, this is our vocation. And it is a glorious vocation. And the Spirit of the Lord continues preparing the ground of our heart that we would realize such a vocation. And what I mean by that, that we, that we would indeed behold the one who is present in the soul in the land. So, I know that I've gone close to time. I'm getting pretty close here, but I just wanted to try to, just during this class, just convey that, that it is more than a message with God. It is more than a teaching with God. It is more than, look, look, I didn't even touch my notes. God doesn't care whether I touch these notes or not. What He cares is whether my heart is being prepared whether the ground of my heart is being prepared to behold the face of His Son or not. What He cares is whether your heart, the ground of your heart, is being prepared to behold the face of His Son or not. That's all He cares about. So, I'll let you go <clears throat> for this class. Uh, we'll see you in our next class. The Lord bless you. And may we just allow the Holy Spirit to continue the work that He does, preparing the ground of our heart, that our heart, that He would, that He would gather fully the attention, the full attention of our heart, and place it upon one Son, that the Father would reveal His one Son, who is present. So. There you go. With that, I'll let you go. The Lord bless you. We'll see you in our next class. Amen.